0: Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com my name is Jason Newland and welcome to let me bore you to sleep thank you ever so much for joining me today and uh, Before we go any further, please remember to only listen to this when you can safely close your eyes. Because it's a sleep recording and if you is to fall asleep, you might have to close your eyes unless you're a freak. And, uh, you know, because some people sleep with their eyes open, uh, but that's usually just people that are possessed. So uh, (laughs) I've actually known, I knew someone that did that. He was a friend, or was he, my friend's cousin. He'd get drunk and he'd just sit there. And we'd all be, there'd be a group of us, this was in the 90s, Be a group of us sitting around, and he'd just be staring with his eyes wide open. and I couldn't believe he was asleep. And then they'd do other people would be balancing, playing cards on his head, and filling his mouth full of cigarettes and stuff. You wouldn't do that now because it's way too expensive. You know, it's like $22 for a cigarette now. $22? Why didn't I say pounds? I'm from England. I should be saying pounds. Dollars, man. I am, I would say I'm partly American. American. I, I think I am a little bit because such a, a large amount of my audience is from America. So I feel like I'm a, a part-time American. I'm a yeah, yeah. So yeah, today or, or yesterday, depending on which way you look at it, because it's now a new day, but it's 1.21 a.m. On Wednesday, the 3rd of June, 2020. Um, ah, Yeah, so... Sure, i got my phone turned off. Good. Not turned off, but turned on mute. So I went to... My friend knocked on my door today. I was already up. It's about one o'clock or something in the afternoon. And he said... Asked me if I could look after his dog while he went to the shops, unless of course I, unless I wanted to go to the shops with him. And I said no. He said to to which one? I said I'll go into the shops. I'll, I'll look after your dog. He said, oh. and I just, you know. Four or five months ago I'd have gone to the shops with him probably. Maybe, it depends on how I felt, but I can't, I can't, I can't do it. So I looked after his dog. And it's a big, strong dog, proper, really, really kind of, uh, sort of, I don't know, sort of mixed breed, pit bull, a huge, huge, strong thing. Uh, his head's as big as the roof, and so I took him for a walk, all the way into the fields, kind of the way that I take Andre sometimes. But I couldn't take both of them at the same time because for a couple of reasons. I can because they get on really well together when they're outside. Inside, Andre bites him, bullies him, tries to bully him. And, but I think apparently another smaller dog tried that with, dog tried that a few weeks ago and ended up uh, not in a very good space. (laughs) So this, this dog will definitely defend itself. So Andre, I think it's different with Andre, because he's known Andre for years now, a couple of years, and they're like cousins, I guess. And he loves Andre. And Andre loves him. But Andre likes, he loves, you know, biting him. And the dog don't like that. It's kind of weird. As soon as the dog comes in, he's looking for him, looking for Andre. Sniffing around, trying to find him. So he wants to play with him, but he doesn't like being bitten. It's kind of, it's a strange dynamic they've got there. So I have to keep them apart when they're up here. So I put Andre in his cage, which he wasn't happy about, but at least he's in his cage in the living room so he can see everything. He can smell everything and hear everything and see everything. So he's not sort of in a cupboard. And uh, so I took the dog out. If I took them both out together, Andre and the dog don't bother each other. If that Andre follows him around. But they'll both be on the lead, which is easy. Until the dog does a poo. Because then I have to pick the poo up. And that'd be too complicated to do that because both my hands are already full. Because I'm I'm also juggling um, oranges. So I forgot about that bit, I'm juggling oranges as well. So I thought about maybe training a penguin to scoop up the poo for me, but that's a lot of hassle. That's a lot, you know, I, I mean, where would you get a penguin from, <laughs> from. <laughs> That was too surreal even for me. What the hell where did that come from? <laughs> oh dear <laughs> Um So anyway, I took the I took the dog out from on on my own for a walk and it was good as gold. And on the way back there was a few people with their dogs off the lead. And see my friend's dog is on the lead all the time. And if he was off the lead he doesn't give hassle to anyone. He'll run around and he'll he'll run up to a dog and then run away again, you know. You know, he can run circles around pretty much all dogs. and he, But if he gets attacked, it, unfortunately, because he's so big and strong, he he's you know, it's, it's not a good situation for the other dog. But he's even worse when he's on the lead because if a dog that's off the lead runs at him, he defends himself. And I think he defends his owner as well. He thinks that he's protecting his, my friend. And he's done it a few times where he's ended up having a fight with another dog. But that's just because the other dog's off the lead and he's on the lead. Because he can't defend himself properly because he's kind of tied down, you know? So, I was walking and I actually end up walking in the field, off the pathway. To get right out the way of this woman that had two dogs off the lead, pushing a pram and giving me a dirty look. <laughs> it's just like well you don't own the pathway, you know. And I dunno, it was a bit of an attitude there, I don't know why she got what was going on there. But is some of the dog walkers A lovely. There's the odd one that's really got attitude. Like, apparently, one said to my friend, "He's off the lead. Get used to it." Even though my friend was saying, "Look, if your dog attacks my dog, my dog will probably eat your dog. You know, there's not anything I can do about it. Get used to it. My dog's off the lead." Hmm. So that is weird. I mean, I don't know how I would deal with that. Because with Andre, I can just pick him up. There's a lot of people with their dogs off the lead. And they're not trained. Some of them are. Some of them are really good. But not all of them. I don't know. Do you think it's a... Do you think it's a pride thing with people? To feel well, I can take my dog off the lead and if there's if your dog's got a problem then it's your dog <laughs> I don't know but if when I take him out the dog I I really have to keep an eye on him and make sure well he's next to me so I don't really have to keep an eye on him but it's, it's not like I need to wear special glasses with binocular lenses because he's there but oh look at this there's another story about Kevin McBride Mike Tyson tricks worked for, for Mike for Kevin McBride 15 years ago including smiling and hypnosis Mike Tyson lost his final fight when he faced Kevin McBride in 2005, but the Irishman had some spectacular tricks up his sleeve that gave him the upper hand in his bout with the baddest man on the planet. Uh Now this is interesting, this is written by someone that's really not into boxing. So it says here, I know that a lot of people listening to this probably aren't into boxing, but I'm trying to bore you, don't forget that. It marked the end of the legendary time in boxing ring with Mike Tyson, where he beat the likes of Trevor Burbick. Frank Bruno and Larry Holmes. Okay, I understand the Frank Bruno one because he's a UK star. Trevor Burbick, he won the world title from him. Larry Holmes, one of the best heavyweights of all time. But, apart from Frank Bruno, none of the others are really... Well, in the world of boxing, Trevor Burbick never came back from that defeat to sort of even, you know, get to fight for a world title. Larry Holmes did. And Frank Bruno did. But they're not the one... They're not the fights that people remember. I don't think anyone that saw Tyson... The fights they're going to remember is his fights with Holyfield, or with Lennox Lewis, or um, I suppose Buster Douglas when he got beat, but some of the like the huge fights that he had. Mind you, yeah, I suppose I'm kind of just backtracking because I'll always remember the fight with Trevor Burbick when he won and Frank Bruno fight and a Levy Holmes fight as well, so... I want to stop talking about it because it's boring me now. I want to read about... It. it's supposed to be about hypnosis then. And his training even included some bizarre mind tricks involving hypnosis. We did it every week. I remember being told to smile whenever Tyson hit me. If you watched a fight, I smile a lot. There it is. Oh. So basically it's an article with the, with the word hypnosis in. And that's why it's listed. I've got a little thing on on my um, on my Google Mail, basically letting me know when something of hypnosis comes online, so I can just read it. Always studying. Oh yeah, always studying me. Right. I'll get back to it I've got a, got a message from Got a message from Who have I got a message from? Someone Uh. Alice Okay Hmm <laughs> That's funny. So I took a picture of Andre, uh, and honestly, he's fast asleep. Quite often if I take pictures of him, you can see his eyes are a little bit open. But this one, his eyes are completely closed. And he's in his hammock, in his cage. And he's in the weirdest position. Because he can do it, because he's in a hammock, so he can get into different positions. 'cause his body is supported however whatever he does. And I think he prefers the hammock to sleeping on the floor. Even though he's you know he's he's not just on the floor, he's got stuff he's sleeping on or inside. The hammock's gotta be proper comfortable for him. So I took a picture and I didn't realise until I took the picture that his head was upside down. I thought that was his head like facing me but it wasn't so he's the weirdest angle it's a lovely little picture I'm glad I took that the lighting's pretty good as well and he's just <laughs> I I imagine if people didn't know about Andre they didn't know that he was who he was and they'd probably look at it and think what the hell is it because it's a weird angle. Anyway, Allison says, Jason, you better quit hypnotising your ferret. <laughs> oh, I think he hypnotises me when I look at him like that. He's so cute. Oh. So, so, yeah, quite a few people like that picture. That's nice. I like to post pictures of Andre. It's just, I don't know. It's weird. He does something to me. He makes me feel again. (laughs) Oh, I need to share it onto my other pictures. My other Facebook places. So I got a message. Got me a message. So today, today, or yesterday rather... I did a few recordings, so I'm quite pleased, quite pleased, um, bloody fly, but it's one fly that's just hassling me, it's either a fly or it's Andre, I know it's, I'm not saying it's either a fly or it's, I know it's not Andre, but when I'm making recordings, usually on red it's sort of messing around. Okay, so yesterday, the 2nd of June, I made a Let Me Bore You To Sleep, number 417. I did 140, number 145 relaxation, hypnosis, for stress, anxiety, panic attacks, called Sleepy Relaxation Session. And I did another version with music. And then I also did number two hundred and thirty-four deep sleep whisper hypnosis, which was about thirty seven minutes long. So yeah, I did quite pleased with that. That's quite nice. The day before I did uh I can't remember. Oh yeah, I did sleep hypnosis weekly on the 1st, which was Monday. So that's quite good. So I do, I like to be active. Right, so I've got a message, I've got a shout out. Well actually the message is this, it's from Rachel. Will give. Will you give me a shout out to my naughty cat called Crackers? Yes, that's his name. He had, He was being. Oh, he was being wound up by this noisy sparrow, who has been tweeting and chasing him around the garden all weekend. Well, on Monday, Crackers had enough, and while out in the garden, he caught a younger sparrow. I rescued it from Crackers. There wasn't a mark on it, but the poor thing fight died of fright later. So Crackers has been under house arrest, and Naughty Sparrow is still tweeting in the tree. Oh, there's a lot of emotions in that, isn't there? It's like a little cheeky little cat, and, and there's just the cheeky little sparrow, but then there's the the little sparrow that did no one any harm. And now he's... Now he's gone. But... It's got to be a shock, isn't it, when they get caught? I've seen that when... Um, my friend bought a seagull up here one day. And we put him into Andre's cage. Because uh, it was... Um, my friend, he, f- he thought that maybe it had broken its wing or something. Well, when we came back, Andre had eaten him. <laughs> no. Um, God, cause seagulls. Seagulls would probably eat Andre. They, they're, they're war. Don't take on a seagull. Unless you're in a car. <laughs> and so yeah unfortunately it passed away we, my friend was contacting the, the NSPCCA NHS RCAAA BCB I don't know whatever initials it was and somebody at a local sanctuary was going to come round and collect the seagull but he passed away. Uh, so at least, I know it might sound weird, but at least he was. We could We fed him, you know, gave him some food. I say it's he, it could have been a girl. Uh, fade, fade, paid him, paid him, gave him some food and stuff. Uh, cheese on toast, you know. And. So, at least he was safe. That's kind of how I figured it. Like, he was safe. And, I don't know, it was, it was kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit sad. Just, I remember holding him in my hands. It was just like lying there and I was just, at least you, at least you were safe in your last, last couple of hours of your life and no harm came to you, you know, after whatever injured his wing, but at least he was safe and, you know, and I kind of, I like stroked his head and... I chucked him out the window so um, I didn't I didn't I can't remember what happened to him I think just oh that's right he had to get the plumber out because I blocked the toilet up <laughs> apparently it's only for goldfish no I didn't I didn't do any of that so that was uh, Rachel's Message. I Haven't got any other messages, I don't think. oh look, time is live, so So this is in America. So it's a live stream from America. There's a lot of people. Um, if I'm honest, if I didn't know what it was about, I would think it was sort of like New Year's celebrations they all seem to be there's a lot of people sort of laughing and seem quite jolly but of course that's not why they're out there what the thing's about it's uh Yeah, there's people there with babies and dancing. That's the thing, yeah, because it's not really. I don't know. Is a pro does a protest involve dancing? I don't know. I mean, that would be. I think I'd have to be in quite a good mood and quite drunk if I was going to dance, especially in the street. So oh, uh, this is so I was watching this the other night, and it's quite weird because on the British news, right there was all this stuff going on in America. this was but well, sort the of same time as now at two o'clock in the morning, and the news channels were dipping in and out of it, but they still wanted to talk about the coronavirus. They wanted to talk about that stuff. They didn't. they just don't want to talk about anything else. Yeah, you've got all this stuff. There's this woman with a little child, probably two years old, three years old, four maybe. Wow. Walking, ah oh dear, dear, oh dear, that seems to be what's getting the most attention, people are posting, what about a kid, oh no, wait a minute, come back, oh, I've got a, one well back, I ended up watching Al Jazeera Juj- or whatever news channel, which is, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a terrorist news channel, I don't know what it is, but, oh, go on, listen to this. Wow. So the person was asking the woman with her kid what her name was. And she didn't have a mask on. This fascinates me really because they never stay peaceful. Often that's because of the police, like in this country as well, when there's been rallies isn't the right word, protests or um, marches and stuff like that, I'll turn it down, and the police just got heavy handed and then all the other people that are watching that are just peaceful, stopped being peaceful. Because you know, if you see your girlfriend or boyfriend or your friend getting pushed to the ground for no reason, you, you know, I suppose it's it's going to be a little bit annoying. Are oh, they pretending to make out that they're keeping social distancing? It must be different in America because we're only allowed to be in a group of six people. There's got to be at least probably ten thousand people there. We're not we're not allowed to do that yet. I'd like to be in a group of six people, but I only know one person. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so I ended up watching these different news channels that weren't British. And they were showing clips of New York, uh, Miami, uh, all different parts of America where it was all kicking off. This was two nights ago. And I turned to BBC One and there was some bloke on there saying... Yes, but uh, uh, once we get t- testing, and tracing, and the apps working, and, and, uh, why, why, why are you still talking about that? You've been talking about it for the last four months. We don't have to stay on the same subject the whole time. There's other stuff going on in the world, and actually, this is really interesting what's going on in America um for other people i'm talking about people outside of america it's interesting being caught in it is it's is probably really interesting or really scary you know we've had riots in england proper full on riots hundreds of thousands of people getting together and kicking off and um, probably the worst time, we've had a few really bad riots, not for a long time. But there was during the strike, the coal mine strikes, although that wasn't riots, but it was picketing. And that was, I mean, it, I was too young to really en- not enjoy it, that's the wrong word. I was too young to appreciate what was going on to know, really, or to understand, because it was early 80s, and I didn't care. I wanted to watch Wonder Woman, the A-Team, and, you know, I didn't, politics, I had no interest, and I didn't live anywhere near a mine. I thought, I thought mines were just things from the past that were in movies and documentaries. I didn't, didn't realize they still existed. But they did, they still do, they still are mines. And she went down a mine face years ago. I don't know why they call it a face, but it was in Wales. And I think it was a slate mine, but I'm sure I went down a coal mine as well. Wow. How could the earth be that deep? And it's like going it was almost like an inverted tower block. Like you know, like an inverted nipple but a tower block instead. And but like a huge huge tower block but underneath the ground. Like millions of miles down. I mean, literally, at one point, we were going down. There was an elevator. I went down. We passed the moon. Seriously, it was that deep. And six dinosaurs. But working in that environment, when you think about it, coal mine, coal was being dug up because it was the most flammable material because you know cuz it was used for fires and for trains and you know to make steam and all that stuff and factories and all that jazz so imagine you're working in a, a coal place Full of coal. Where I imagine. You wouldn't want to be. Sparking lights. Uh, Because I imagine it would set on fire. Wouldn't it quite easily. Maybe not. I suppose maybe you just have to. You'd have to put like bits of newspaper around it. To get it going. I don't know. But I know they used to use dynamite. They did used to use dynamite, and the uh, you know the Peace Prize. What is it? Is it a poli- It's not Pulitzer. The whatever the Peace Prize is that they give. I think Gandhi won it. I think um, some politicians have even been nominated or won it. Nobel, that's it. Nobel Peace Prize. Nobel invented dynamite. Peace Prize, dynamite. Peace Prize, dynamite. keep saying it. Peace Prize. And you might think, always making it up. Well, let me just check. Come on, let me just check this. Nobel, Nobel. Let's go, Nobel. So let's have a look. The Nobel, and it was first awarded. First awarded 119 years ago. Uh, 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 uh. history. Alfred Nobel. Alfred Nobel, okay. So, Alfred Nobel was born on 21st of October 1833 in Stockholm, Sweden, into a family of engineers. He was chemist, engineer and inventor. In 1894, Nobel purchased the Bofors Iron and Steel Mill, which he made into a major armaments factory manufacturer. Armaments manufacturer. Nobel Peace Prize. Let's, yeah, let's keep reminding ourselves. Nobel Peace Prize named after Alfred Nobel Uh, so he turned it into an armaments, armaments manufacturer, which is well yeah it's kind of obvious what it is so Nobel also invented ballastite let's have a look what is ballastite Oh, it's a smokeless propellant made from two high explosives, nitrocellulose and nitroglycerin. It was developed and patented by No Alfred Nobel in the late nineteenth century. Okay, here we go. So Alfred Nobel patented Nobel Peace Prize. Alfred, Alfred Nobel patented ballastite in eighteen eighty seven while he was living in Paris. His formulation was composed of ten percent camphor, and equal parts nitroglycerin and collodion. The camphor reacted with an acidic products with any acidic products, of the chemical breakdown. Of the two explosives. This both stabilised the explosive. or explosive. Oh Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, yeah peace. The explosive against further decomposition. And prevented spontaneous explosions. So he made dynamite safe basically. Because before him. This is not, I'm reading, this is not me reading it, this is what I've already studied previously. Did a little research in the past, and it was very volatile, so even handling it could go off. Or, you know, and in the early days, dynamite was used, you know, it was used for. Blasting away, making bridges, tunnels through, you know, uh, mountains, rocky mountains, and also mines as well, Uh, as well as, if I remember correctly, bank vaults, (laughs) Nobel's Patents, specified that the nitrocellulose should be of the well-known soluble kind. That's stuff you can drink, maybe, I don't know. He offered to sell the rights of the new explosive to the French government. Ah, Nobel Peace, Peace Prize, okay, but they declined largely because they had just adopted poudre B for military use. He subsequently licensed the rights to the Italian government who entered into a contract on the 1st of August 1889 to obtain 300,000 kilograms of ballist- ballistite. Ballistite. Anyway, and Noble, Noble off opened a factory at Avignon on Turin. The Italian army swiftly replaced their M one eight seven zero, and M one eight seven zero 87 rifles, which used black powder cartridges, to a new model, a new model. The M1890 Vittorelli. Which used a cartridge loaded with ballastite. Oh. So it, they started using that in their rifles. Peace Prize. Nobel Peace Prize. As Italy. It's annoying isn't it? Never mind. As Italy was a competing great power to France. This was not received well by the French, not one bit, press, and the public. The newspapers accused Nobel of industrial espionage by spying on Paul Vrielle, the inventor of Podrebi, and high treason against France. Wow. Following a police investigation, he was refused permission to conduct any more research or to manufacture explosives in France. He therefore moved to San Remo in Italy in nineteen uh, in eighteen ninety one where he spent the last five years of his life. Ballistite is still manufactured as a solid fuel rocket propellant. Although the less volatile but chemically similar defense is used instead of camphor. Ah, so, that's interesting isn't it? So Nobel, Alfred Nobel, let's see. Oh, his resting place is Nora blessing. Nobel Prizes. How, I remember reading this, How fun, well, it's not funny, but um, the, what happened afterwards was kind of humorous. In 1888, Alfred's brother, Ludwig, died while visiting Cairns. That's not the funny part. And a French, this is the funny part, a French newspaper mistakenly published Alfred's obituary Wow, could you imagine? It condemned him for his invention of military explosions, explosives. Not as is commonly quoted dynamite. So, military explosives, this is what he kind of, this is what he did, isn't it? and he's said to have brought about his decision to leave a better legacy after his death. Oh, that's interesting. So he didn't, he read his obituary, and he didn't like reading the truth. So he didn't like reading what he'd actually done with his life and how he'd spent so much of his time Inventing ways for people to blow each other up. Oh, okay, Nobel Peace Prize and <laughs> blimey, it says here part of the the obituary said, "According the Merchant of Death is dead." That's what their title was, and it said. Doctor Alfred Nobel, who became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than ever before, died yesterday. Apparently, Alfred was very disappointed with that, <laughs> with what he read, and he didn't want to be rem- he didn't want to be remembered for that. I'm not surprised, really. Are you? It's it's not really um. So basically he decided to leave the majority of his estate to establish the Nobel Prizes to be awarded annually. And regard yeah, so so he allocated thirty one million two hundred and twenty five thousand Swedish krona to establish the five nobel prizes discon- disconverted to 1 1,687,837 pound at the time wow it says here in 2012 the capital was worth around 472 million us dollars But bearing in mind, you know, he he died in 1896. So that's over 100 years, isn't it? So the money's gone up in, I don't know, what it was invested in or whatever, but... I'm pretty sure the the Nobel Peace Prize is like a million, million pounds or a million dollars. It says here, it's almost twice the amount of the initial capital. Taking inflation into account. So it, it's not actually that much then. So $472 million. I'm not saying it's not a lot of money. You know, if I had that much money, I've got no idea where I'd hide it. It's a lot to hide, but... I think it's interesting that it's only twice the amount of what it, it's only like double, it doubled in a hundred years. Which just shows that if it had been invested in, I don't know, Coca-Cola, as an example, because that was around back then, wasn't it? And, And then some of the big companies like McDonald's and that came along, Microsoft, you know, all those sort of big companies that came along afterwards. That money would actually, that'd be the biggest, probably one of the biggest amounts of pots of money in the world. Can you imagine if I can't believe he's still talking about money. It's all he does is talk about money. No, I'm not, I'm just, I've just been watching some, uh, stuff on. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. Well, apparently, his first three prizes were in physical, at uh, physical science Chemistry and medical science or physiology. The fourth is for literary work. Literature, literary, literary. Pref- the fifth prize is to be given for the person or society that readers, that renders the greatest service to the cause, the cause of international fraternity. Get, you ready for this? In the suppression or reduction of standing armies, or in the establish- establishment or furtherance of peace congress. I suppose that would be the opposite to uh, making explosives. <laughs> so that eventually turned into the Peace Prize. Wow. I just wonder though, because I suppose people who win the, the, the Nobel Prizes, I'm stuttering a bit today, people, whether it's a scientist, for example, I guess having that money that they win, whatever it is, would be advantageous for their further exploration in that particular subject. You know, financially enabling them to perhaps get a better equipment. The fame of winning the prize opens up doors and that could lead to more discoveries and more cures for illnesses and research and stuff. So from that angle, it's probably amazing but the people who win the prize have already done outstanding work. So they already got to that point of managing to open those doors and and to get the financial backing uh, to to win the prize in the first place, due to a, a discovery of some kind. I mean it was I kind of find it quite humorous, just just the idea of it tickles me a little bit that the Nobel Peace Prize is named the Nobel Peace Prize after what he devoted most of his life, you know, his working life to doing, as opposed to the last few years. But then that's just a very brief, um, I might have got it wrong, I mean, he might have, he might have spent me, 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 me more years, me, 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 1895, he signed his last will and testament. Oh, he died a year later, so yeah. He didn't spend probably that much time on it. But still a lovely thing to do, isn't it? To... um, I suppose I'm probably never going to win the Nobel Prize for Science or Mathematics or geography, if there is such a thing, Peace Prize. Uh, I don't know. I mean, these recordings are quite peaceful. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, maybe there's people out there that are listening to me, maybe not this recording, but others that. Of being calmed down to a level of peacefulness. And therefore, yeah, maybe I will get the Nobel Peace Prize. You, might, you know what will happen though. You know, if ten years down the line, for whatever reason, I sort of. I won the Nobel Peace Prize and I'm thinking wow I can now afford to to own my own home and I can I don't know just buy some nice clothes and I'm rich and it's in the papers and you know some weird hypnotist has won the the Peace Prize because he's he's brought people together and managed to to calm people down so they don't do things that they'll regret and me 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 and then out from nowhere pops this recording with the sound bite mocking Mr. Nobel so yeah I put a little dampener on there, wouldn't it? Put a little dampener. Oh, I should have mentioned, but I didn't, so I probably won't. (sighs) I mean, those might be aware, but... uh, The... Yeah, still going on about the, the, the... The... I'm watching that thing on Facebook. Who brings their kid to something like this? She's going to be all over the newspapers. That woman. She will. Especially, I can't believe she gave her name. So she's in America. She's going to be possibly around the world. They can have her picture. They'll have her name. Her name? And, uh, and I'd probably be have something to say about why you would taken your your young child out at night in a riot but it wasn't a riot to start with, well there are never riots to start with a roast dinner doesn't start off being roasted, it leads up to it so yeah, I don't know I've. Dear, oh dear, so tired. I put the adverts back on my podcasts, but I have. I've paid for another podcast with SoundCloud. And I'm in the middle of uploading playlists on there. And I've been adding them to my website in the menu. So you can listen. You'll be able to listen to the main podcasts. Without adverts if you want. And on continuous play. Uh, I've done the. Deep sleep whisper one. So that's completed. Sleep hypnosis weekly. That's completed. I'm now in the middle of doing a relaxation. For stress podcasts. That's nearly done. And then I'll do the let me boy to sleep ones. So that will probably be. It's you know it's a, a lot of recording so that's going to take probably two or three days. And um, but it'll be up and running as soon as I start. So even if it's just the first ten episodes in the, although I'm not sure if there's a limit to how many could be in a playlist. There may be a limit of a hundred or two hundred, but I'll see. But I will be uploading. All 400 and. I have no idea how many I've done now. 400 and something. So that would be cool. So that's all going to be updated. <laughs> and that's just the way it is. And I'm going to be. So you know. It gives people the option. It's a case of just going to my website. And so says it's cool. I think that's all right the other thing is I'm gonna try and do more recordings you know I go through periods when I kind of can't do anything much but I'm gonna try and do at least one deep sleep whisper one let me bore you to sleep on one relaxation for stress, and anxiety, I want at least one of those every day. So if I can do three recordings a day minimum, then I'll be cool. And I'm also gonna look at maybe do some chronic pain sessions as well. And maybe look at some other stuff, but there's just so much to do. There's so much to do. Which is groovy, really. In some ways, it is quite groovy. You know, I can't, can't really complain. It's, it's all going in the right direction. So, yeah. So, I'm going to go. I'm going to say thank you very much. Thank you ever so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. I have no doubt... And uh, I shall pat myself on the back because I know I deserve it. So thank you very much for being part of this wonderful experiment. And remember to be kind to yourself because you do deserve to be happy and do something nice for yourself today or tomorrow. Or today and tomorrow. Do something nice. It doesn't have to be anything that costs money. Just do something that you enjoy doing. Just be nice to yourself. Be gentle. And I will see you and speak to you again tomorrow. Lots of love. Bye.